0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Drum for the Song Podcast
0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Drum for the Song Podcast hosted by me, Dane Campbell. This week, we're really lucky. We've got Ryan Richards from the band Funeral for a Friend with us. I've decided to split the interview into two separate episodes. So part one will be this one. And then the second half of the interview will be in episode three. Uh, in part one, we talk about how he joined the band in the early days and when they got signed. He also talks about their tour with Iron Maiden. He also talks about how he decided to quit the band and go full-time managing other bands. So that's what he does now. And he also talks about the the charity shows they did for a fan last year who was uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer. They raised a hell of a lot of money for, for his family and his children. I hope you enjoy this interview. And don't forget, you can follow me on social media at Drum for the Song. On Facebook, you can search Dane Campbell Drummer. And I've got an official Drum for the Song Facebook group that you can join. So I hope you enjoy the interview.
1: Drum for the Song podcast.
0: So hello, I'm here with Ryan Richards from Funeral for a Friend. How are you, Ryan?
1: Hello, Dane. I'm doing all right, mate. How are you? Yeah,
0: good. Yeah, not, not so bad here. Um, yeah, can't, can't really complain. Still in lockdown and enjoying it, you know, as much as possible.
1: Weird times. What you've been up to besides starting your own podcast? Well, yeah.
0: Um, this is, you know, taking up a bit of time. I have actually got myself a job, which is a bit of Good a man. bit of a downer, but you know, trying to show initiative and all that. And
1: well, that's it, man. You know, it's a tough old time for the industry at the minute. And yeah, uh, yeah, whatever you can do to, to pay those bills, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I, you know, just preparing for the future because I don't really know how long the kind of live music industry is going to kind of be on a halt as, as I'm sure you're
1: being affected by it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, from, from my side, obviously with, um, doing little bits and, and pieces with, uh, with Funeral for a Friend and, um, and from the management side of things as well, which, um, you know, I've been doing for the last, well, since, since I stopped, uh, touring with Funeral really. So, so yeah, it's kind of, kind of hit me from, from both sides of there, which, uh, but you know, you just gotta 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 crack on, stay positive, and um, make sure that, that that your bands are staying creative and, and trying to use this time as productively as possible. Really, I mean, it's it uh, it's easy to say because obviously, like you said, you gotta get your jobs and, and make sure the bills are paid. But um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, bands are out there and um, and taking this time to you know whether that be writing or just reassessing the way they do things. Look for those silver linings where we can find find them, I suppose.
0: Yeah, totally. Actually that's that's a really good point. Um I think a lot of bands are probably well, the ones that live close to each other to actually, you know, maybe get together if they're allowed. Um obviously there's a lot of people doing things over video calls and digital streaming nowadays. So I don't know if many many if many bands are taking that route to maybe write material. I don't know, but
1: Yeah. Yeah, some bands are, I mean, you know, some some of the bands I work with are, are doing that. And uh, I guess uh, the old thing of, of sending ideas back and forth their you know, their files for Logic or Garage Band or yeah. or whatever it is. It's, it's, I suppose it's a lot easier now to to do that in this day and age, just to send those files around um, and and put things together remotely. Um, I mean I don't know how it is with you doing like the the Phil and the bastardson stuff if you if you're actually able to do stuff with your brothers or i mean I know you don't hold <laughs> it together or whatever but
0: yeah it's it's it has been difficult, but we did we we've actually since since the start of lockdown we've literally recorded an album
1: oh um, right but we've all
0: we've never been in the same room together while we've done it yeah so it's been a bit of a, a bit of a weird one from that kind of perspective. Um, it's, it's either been because Todd's producing him my brother. Yeah, it's either been me, me and him, or him and Tyler, or him and Neil, or him and my dad. Never, yeah. never more than two. <laughs> Which is the only downside that I see from that is kind of putting your ideas across with the on the other instruments that we were kind of used to doing.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, again, I suppose you know, going back to looking for the the silver linings of things, it, it probably this album will sound pretty unique because of the way you've done it and you know like you've said usually you might go in and um you know one of the other guys might comment oh why don't you do this with the drums why don't you do that and you might find yourself you, you've gone in there now and maybe a little more unrestricted or you know it's a bit more of a pure expression of you know how you play i, I don't know you know yeah. it's those you know where people will listen to this this record and and maybe hear a bit more of each person getting their way, you know what I mean and, and playing just exactly what they want to play on it
0: yeah that's I to be honest I think yeah you've got the you've hit the nail on the head there apart from I guess maybe Todd being able to put his opinions so. forward um I guess that's still limiting you know how, how you know how you're being restricted to play so obviously yeah. me, me and Todd, Todd obviously Todd can play drums and he's producing so he kind of. Has suggested things for me to play, but I haven't had any feedback from the other members of the band, you know, with regards to like we we did we did actually write it together, but yeah. we kind of jammed the songs together without Neil, so we did do that part before lockdown. Yeah. So at least otherwise I don't know what what the hell we do, but uh, <laughs> we were lucky really. We kind of just got you know twelve songs together um, instrumentally, and then. I went and recorded them on my own, but it was interesting. Um, the last interview I did with Nigel from Saxon, he actually prefers recording his drum parts without having any of the band there, and that's mm. how he chooses to do it. And yeah, so that, that was quite interesting to hear that that's how he normally does it because it wasn't normal for me.
1: No, no, no. yeah, I I, I I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it can be a bit. Um you know you've got something in your head and you and you, you try you're playing it, you play in it and, and there's all these these voices coming from the control room sometimes it can be a bit uh off putting and, and, and take you out of the the moment a little bit but um but yeah i, I guess it's it, necessities having to do it this way this time but but you know it just might might come out that much cooler for it you know yeah, at least different maybe. for it
0: yeah maybe yeah yeah so i um... I'm looking forward to people kind of hearing the track whenever we unleash one and see what everyone thinks really i think I think we've done a decent job, so <laughs> we'll see um, yeah yeah, so um obviously we've talked a little bit about how this pandemic is kind of affecting you from a like a management perspective as well as being in a band. Mm.
1: Do
0: you think it will change like live gigs going forward? Like, do you think with capacities and things like that I would? I guess we don't know. But
1: I mean, I think inevitably for for a while. Um, I mean, it, it's it's funny saying that when we've all looked at the, you know, seen the images this week from from you know like yeah. pubs on the weekend in in London or Soho or, or whatever, and and just seeing thousands of people just in each other's faces, really, just and you, I guess you think to yourself, uh, you know, oh well, well, why can't we do shows then? Which yeah, it's, it, that is, that is true but it's like do we really want to contribute to to going back to a second wave of of this and, and, and setting setting ourselves even further back so it's, it's a really delicate balance at the minute where everyone uh, wants to get back to normality but I think we just got to accept that the things are going to be different at least for a while um mm-hmm. as you say you know in terms of capacities and in terms of people needing to you know, whether it be wear masks or or, or whatever, it, you know, it ends up being uh, you know things being a bit different. They will be, but um, hopefully, if everyone's sensible and and, and patient, and uh, everyone does the right things, then we can try to try to get back on track. But but yeah, it's going to change. I think for, for for a little while still. Yeah,
0: no, no, no I totally agree with you there. Um, I guess it's just a waiting game, and obviously, every, all the different countries are going to have their different rules and regulations. So I guess as artists, we're gonna to have to adjust to whatever they they want. Yeah.
1: To well, but that's it. There's some Scandinavian countries at the moment that are putting on shows with, I think it's like 300 capacity or less. Um, so it, it seems like things like that uh, are getting back in some countries. But I think, um, yeah, it feels like, the, you know, festivals is obviously a difficult one because that many people together you know you're talking tens of thousands of people i don't know whether that is the last thing that that comes through but but then again that's you know you're talking june july before those come back in so so who knows i mean you know we're sometimes i I keep forgetting that i'm talking about like a year away when i'm talking about you know the festivals and and whatnot because we're only in the start of july now but um yeah hopefully between now and then we can we can start getting there and and making those changes and and start sliding back to normality (laughs) piece by piece (laughs)
0: yeah if that ever yeah exactly if it ever gets normal again so yeah yeah yeah, well let's hope and hopefully the the bands and well anyone who works in the industry can somehow financially survive until then so they can they can still be doing it well that's that's been the the, big thing Hmm. yeah i think that's what a lot of people are worried
1: about um well, that's it. I mean, it's been it's been so good that the um, you know the entertainment, and the music business seems to be really um, tight knit and, and, and has stayed positive and, and supportive throughout these um, these times. You know, you have had people like the uh, organizations like the Music Venue Trust doing uh, the, you know the great the Save Our Venue campaigns and uh, everything else. You know, doing doing a really good job. So it was it was nice to see uh, a couple of days ago about the the government. Um, you know the, the the fun for the uh, the rescue package for, for the arts um so i mean at, at at this moment in time we're i guess not sure exactly how that's being distributed and when or, or whatever but i mean you know that's 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 a we'll take those um those small victories well hopefully it doesn't turn out to be a small one but you know we'll, we'll, we'll take all those um positive from all those things and and see how that helps us out but um but yeah, I mean, of course, it's been it's been a tough time for for, for so many people, and um, you know, I guess especially uh, you know your venues and your your touring um, touring crew or whatnot. Because if you're not on tour and if you, you've not got gigs, then hmm. you know, well, what have you got? You you got much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, so yeah, so hopefully that um, that government fund will, will go some way to to helping out in, in in the near future and and beyond.
0: Yeah, and it's really encouraging that they've actually acknowledged it now. Cause it did seem as if, you know, they were just, you know, avoiding the importance of the whole industry until the other day when it was brought up, cause they were trying to, I guess, they haven't got a lot to think about it to, you know, to be fair to them. Um, and I guess, because within the industry, it's like the big major thing that it's affecting us and all our friends and, you know, and other people. Um, but the fact they they now acknowledge it and it's a massive, um, amount of money to commit really which mm. I think I'm very impressed by that um,
1: yeah well this is this has been the thing I suppose we've been we've been seeing um you know hospitality come back in and um you know, hairdressers and, uh, and things like that and and obviously seeing um you know the football and sports coming back um you know obviously behind closed doors and, yeah. that and everything else but uh, and we've all been thinking, you know, what about uh, you know, what about what about the arts? What about what, what about music? Um, and it's not as if we we were just coming from that place of you know, just do it for us. But but God, you know, this it's, um, it's a, it's it's a sector that contributes so much to the um to, to the country, you know, into in terms of um, you know, financials and, and everything like that. So so much, um, you know, it gives so much back. So it's it's nice to see that be appreciated and uh, and recognized yeah no definitely
0: um yeah so let's let's have a little chat about food love for a friend now if you don't mind of course Um, yeah um so can you talk a little bit how how you joined the band and when 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 you got signed how what was the story there there i'm not that clear on all that myself
1: um so yeah i mean i'd been playing in bands um you know, doing doing the local circuits since I was, you know, seventeen, eighteen. So we're going back to, um, you know, 90, 98 Then playing in bands. You know, I was in I was in a band um, in 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 the Pontypool area. You know, uh, where, where you guys are from.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I was in a band called uh, Trip Cage, which is where I first met. It's uh, the band and myself and uh, and Darren Smith, the longtime um, funeral for a friend, guitar player. Actually. The, the the way we met was back in the day you know you had your what was it called your, your, the free ads that was it the free oh, ads yeah. yeah the free ads newspaper so so i literally i put a i put an ad in free ads you know drummer looking for looking for band um the influences like, i remember one of the influences it was, it was something like it, it was pretty eclectic it was something like corn uh, queen and metallica so you know it was it was just, you know all the big ones but um but yeah you know i got a phone call from from this guy and he's like oh you know i live in i live in port and i've got my own guitar and my amp and blah 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 and i'm into all these bands and you know we got chatting and he came over my house like a couple of days later with his little amp and started playing and, and whatnot and i was like yeah cool cool so so yeah so so we started jamming then and um we we probably jammed for a couple of years just messing around in the well i mean didn't want to be messing around but it, it got that way because there was just different people in and out of the band you know it was like not really that serious and then we we put together trip cage then who um, played around the, the local scene for a while um, which was cool and uh, and yeah that did that for a while and then I left uh, trip Cage to to start well to join another band called Mungrel from the bridgend area and then we sort of restarted then as a new band called honda mclean so we we started that band then um so you know that started to do pretty well in in the early 2000s and um the the reason i got into the way i got into playing with with funeral for a friend was is their drummer at the time johnny phillips um who's um now he's a he's a he's our promoter at uh sjm concerts you know he he promotes lots of big stuff like fall out boy and panic at disco and and all that sort of stuff um but he was drumming at the time and and he got this job offer from sjm because he was putting on um lots of live gigs and everything so so he 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 went with that you know because he was it was a good job with good money and everything and um and they asked me if i could step in to record a doing a, a radio one session um I can't remember who it was four back in the day. Um who was it? Uh no, I can Marianne Hobbs maybe it was. Oh nice. Uh, but yeah, so I so I got in and, and did that. And as oh, we got a couple of gigs then because they, they had just they had just they recorded the first EP and getting a lot of um, attention for it. But uh, yeah, I jumped into their radio one thing and then um, jumped in for another. There was a couple of shows, there was one like supporting Hell is for Heroes in Newbury and then there was a there was a there's a show in Cardiff at um Cooper's Field uh, in in nice. the in the ground of the castle which was which a cool thing um, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah I mean it, it went from there and then the guys were like you know it, it was Darren who was in the band at that time who, who had asked me to um you know come and help but then at one of the rehearsals and they were just like oh man you know do you want to like join full-time um so yeah 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 so so, so I did that and um And that was was that like late two thousand one, early two thousand two, and and it stayed with the band until early two thousand twelve. So how many albums was that? Five albums, maybe four or five. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so yeah, that was uh, how how it all uh, how it all came to to me joining at least.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. So yeah, so. When you joined, did they already have a deal like a record deal, or did that happen after? Or?
1: Well, they had. There was this studio in Swansea called uh, Mighty Atom Studios. I don't know if you ever. Yeah,
0: have you heard of that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's not there anymore, but it was, uh, it was it was it was a really cool uh, studio. They Used to do a lot of stuff for the the BBC and everything down there, and um, so it was a studio, but then it was also uh, the record label. Then they they, they were doing some stuff. Um, mostly with like uh, swansea bands. It was, it was good really good swansea bands. bands from swansea at the time it was like um uh, liberty thirty seven if you remember them uh, there was a band called good boy who were really cool um bunch of stuff but basically yeah before I joined the band i mean just before they'd gone in to, to do this to record an e p there um which they did and the guy who was engineering a uh, a guy called alwyn davis he he said to the the guys that run the label is like, Oh, we had a we had a really good band in today. Um, it's really cool, it's, it's really different and um and they're like, oh, All right, okay, yeah, we'll we'll come in and, you know, check it out tomorrow when they're back in to do the vocals or whatever it was. And and they came in and um and they were like, Oh yeah, you know, we'd um this is good. We'd we'd like to put this E P out on on our label, um and on our Mighty Atom label. And uh, I think um they signed some deal for like five pounds or whatever it was. <laughs> It was something really ridiculous, you know. It was, it was at the time where it's like, bloody hell, you know, released on a label, wow, you know. And so it did that, and um, I guess from there, then you know, after I joined, um, we started touring and and writing more, and um, and we did the um, no, actually, yeah. So we so we started writing more then, and and getting a lot of label interest then, um, you know, from 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 bigger labels, really. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time, then the, the the mighty Atom label, the guys at the label, they were like, oh, okay, you know, I, I understand that this is. They had, they had signed the band for then like that deal included an album or two, I think. Um, oh. So when the other labels came in, they I guess they were, sawing up a duty to to sell the band. Sell, yeah, sell the yeah, yeah. It was the best way to put it. So so there was there, there was a lot of that. Um, we did a bunch of showcases for different labels and all that sort of thing and they came to watch us on 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 a couple of tours that we did and um and yeah so it was quite a difficult time um back then trying to get to the place where that middle ground of the label will offer this much but is that enough then for mighty atom to to let the band go and we were sort of caught in the middle for a long time there was all this legal stuff um, yeah. it ended up you know it ended up being uh, resolved. Uh, if you look back on the the pressings of the of the fir- of the the four ways to scream your name EP and the um, and the first album, maybe even the second album, um, it's got the mighty atom logo on there oh, wow. as well. You know that was kind of part of it. Uh, so yeah, so we ended up signing. Then we we you know we did the whole thing talking to different labels, and um, there was a label at the time then called uh, called Mushroom. Um, which is run by a, a guy called Corder Marshall, and and they had, you know, he had signed Mews to, to, to Mushroom, he signed Ash to Mushroom. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff, uh, garbage. So it was like moose Ash, garbage, um, and oh. we were like, you know, that was that was a a good label to be on. So yeah. we, 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 you know, we were, we were talking to them for quite a long time, and then as it turned out, then he got the, the in the middle of all this he got offered to be the head of um, Atlantic in the UK, Atlantic Records, so it was like, oh. So at first we were like, ah, shit, this is kind of messed this all up, you know? We wanted to sign to this mushroom label. Um, But as it turns out then, he's like, oh no, I still want to sign you, but I'll sign you for Atlantic, to to, to Atlantic, uh, and I'm gonna take Moose and Ash as well and sign The Darkness, so that all happened. Like at the same time, you know, his um when he joined uh, Atlantic as the new head, he brought in, you know, I think it was that was the four bands that he that he brought over with him. So it was like Muse, um yeah, Muse, Ash, Us and then Sign of the Darkness right after then. So so that was that was that, yeah. That's so what we got. But they something. were ha- they were happy with him when he turned up then with all those bands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah i think so yeah he was, yeah. He was there for, for a good while um he's over at uh, he's over at BMG warners now he's, okay uh, definitely um you know, one of those uh, very respected industry figures i mean he he bloody signed take that back in the day was it take that or was e 17 maybe it maybe been both of them but, uh-huh. <laughs> but you, yeah so there so there you go yeah that's that's an awesome. amazing story though um yeah it's just
0: you know cuz you local band for to me as well so actually hearing the story like that is quite quite inspiring Just it was really to, exciting yeah yeah really was, to what yeah, could we, you know what can happen potentially you know if you work hard and well know, well that was it see. i mean
1: yeah i think i think that was it you know at, at the time uh, um you know where we the valleys and um and everything you know bridge end and uh to and, and Abadair and those sort of areas you know we'd we'd seen you know bands like like dub war get signed and um you know and and, and then of course you know lost profits came along and, and got signed and, and and got massive and they were from the, the same town as us really so and so we were like oh you know give us a bit of belief that you actually could could do that um so so obviously that was that that was great and 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 then from that um carried on then and um and you saw so other bands come through you, you obviously pull from valentine and and kids in glass houses and the blackout and um and all that you know you, you know you guys yourself with um you know with said mic and, and straight lines and and everything that's come from that and and yeah. you know Neil then with 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 dopamine and attack attack so so yeah it, it carried on from that which was which was great and, and something we always felt proud to be a part of you know and um every time we, we would tour you you'd usually see a welsh band on the bill with yeah, us definitely you, know, you, you know, always wanted that to to be a thing that we kept bringing it up and and for a long time i think it was um the the hottest area in the world for for, for that sort of music i think definitely back at the time i mean i say for that sort of music but even even you know different uh, outside of that. scene, you, you had massive stuff like the Stereophonics and and, and Manic Street Preachers and um, and all sorts really. So so yeah, it was it was it was, it was a really hot time. Yeah,
0: South Wales was hot back then, definitely for sure. And this, well, it still is. I think the well, you know, some of the bands you manage that we'll talk about in a little bit um, yeah. is massive potential um still there feels like
1: so, coming back again yeah it does yeah because yeah. um, things always have their peaks and troughs i suppose and um and i suppose you know what you know we split up around the same time as then kids in glass houses split up and the blackouts split up and um, yeah so there was a little dip really of i guess yeah. bands
0: at the higher level because they'd all <laughs> they'd all packed it in i suppose or you know taking hiatuses mm. and
1: yeah well that's it you know it, it takes time for things to to come around and um and re-establish uh, and it was it definitely had that but um it, it, it does feel really positive now in terms of uh bands coming through
0: yeah awesome um what so what we what would you say was your biggest moment when you were in funeral for a friend's and like what were your favorite memories you know any places or festivals you did or
1: yeah like yeah the, there's definitely a few down the years. Um, I mean, I see, yes, I guess same for same for most bands, really. The first time you see, you know, you've, you've got your your debut album CD in your hands, you know, you things like that, and you, especially when it's a vinyl as well, because that's like, you know, you, you, when you're in bands, you you add your demos, you know, you add your demos on CD, and sometimes you, you get them pressed up so they look really legit, you know, even if they weren't on a label, but but having a vinyl um was just like wow you know you got your yeah. but um but i mean on that the you know one of the one of the biggest things was was getting to go on tour with iron maiden um early on because that was you know we we had done we had done some cool tours with bands that we really liked and respected you know you bands like you in the scene like boy sets fire and stuff like that um that, that we really loved and respected but Obviously, Iron Maiden's are a completely different kettle of fish playing arenas every single night. And that came around really kind of organically as well. I mean, and that ties into how we got signed to, to management in the first place, because uh, we were playing this this event uh, early on. It was called the Karang Wigenda, um, and they had it down in uh, Camber Sands. It was, like a, it was like a holiday camp. It was, it was basically a Butlins. Uh, yeah yeah and i'm pretty sure it was a butlins and and all the bands were staying in in the lodges and and stuff like that and we and we played there and um and rod smallwood iron maiden's um manager was there i believe i believe it was because maybe you know one one of one of the maiden guys their son's band were playing i don't know if he was maybe i remember maybe adrian Smith's son, but um but anyway he he was there and, and and rod happened to to catch us playing um, on that night, and, and and he thought it was great. And then he went back to um, to he, he was at Sanctuary at that time, Sanctuary Artist Management, and um, and one of the one of the younger managers at the time, Craig Jennings, um, who went on to be you know a long time manager. Um, he told him, you know, you should go and see this band. I, I, I really think they're cool. And uh, and that's basically how we how we got signed the management. But um, but then when we went to the sanctuary offices in london to to sign our deal um just after we'd recorded our first album um, so we were there and you know did the, did the signing and everything and um and i had like a pat over my shoulder um and i turned around and this uh, miss nicole mcbrein <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, a glass of red wine and he's like uh oh, welcome to the family son you know he's good and I was like oh Jesus wow that's that's amazing oh thank and he and by chance it was my birthday as well it was like oh wow my, like my 22nd birthday and that <coughs> and um he was like oh happy birthday as well and I was like "Oh, does he know it's my birthday and uh and then Rod came up there and Rod Smallwood and um he had um, he had told Nick it was my birthday or whatever, and I was a drummer and blah blah blah, and um, and he said then he's like, oh you know, he said oh, I just be talking to Nicko and the boys, and what do you, you know, what do you think about, about going out on tour with, with them in in October? I was just like, well, seriously, like, and he's like, yeah 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 yeah, he's, he's like you know he'd he'd given the record to I think it was maybe Steve um, Steve Harris and um, and maybe Bruce as well and. Uh, they, they had youngish kids at the time, and um, I think you know, one or two of them really, you know, liked this and, and knew of the band, and uh, so they checked it out. And uh, I think Stephen Brewster Bruce had said, "Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we like these guys. Uh, let's let's take them out." And and that was that. So it was just us and me, and, um, you know, just a two band bill. Yes, yeah. I was at the
0: Car- Cardiff show. I was I was there. I remember.
1: Right, yeah, there no, you go. It was, yeah,
0: it was probably the first time I'd. Yeah, it would have been the first time I'd seen you guys, and probably Maiden. But uh, yeah, right. it, was, it was. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I, it was, I was going to yeah, ask but, how did how did it go in? Because obviously the genre is a bit mishmashed
1: in terms of yeah,
0: well, this rock was, music,
1: is it? But well, I was there. I mean, it, it, it was it was it was pretty tough. Like, I mean, it was um, you know, it's a it's a hard crowd to play in front of just because they're so passionate for for Maiden, really. Yeah. Um, more than anything else, and um, you know, I remember the first night on tour, we we were playing in in, in Germany in this big, um, this big uh, arena, and and we played, and it was like, yeah, oh, this isn't this isn't going very well at all, you know, and um, you know, we got some quiet parts in our songs, and people started chanting Maiden in the middle. Ah. Of the <laughs> we we're like, ah, oh. like that, and then went off stage, and and uh, and Rod was there. He's like, Oh, it's, it's really good. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. You know, they didn't seem to go for it, and he's like, Oh, yeah, the last support band we had, they, they, they were throwing stuff at them. Um, so you've done all right. I was <laughs> like, Oh, fair enough, and yeah, so that, that, was, was, um,
0: that was a result then, basically, just to only get maiden chance,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so but but to be to be honest, man, you know, it was we learned so much from from that, tour, um, the fact that it was a bit difficult because, yeah. Up until that point, we sort of had everything our way you know what i mean we'd um people were were into the band, and you know the, the bands that we toured with were sort of tailor made for our type of music you know and and everyone was was digging it and I don't want to say like we had an easy ride, but every every show we played was was good really, yeah. you know i mean and people were there and appreciated us and so to get to be playing a show like that where there's you know a it's such a big show. And and really having to work for it, you know, really having to work hard to to win people over was 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 good for us. You know, we needed that at the time. We needed to, um, you know, that like kick up the ass. I suppose, you know, to step her up and be like, right, boys. You know, it's not always going to be this easy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You, yeah, you you know, you gotta you gotta shape up. You you you're on a you're playing on a different um, on a different level now on top of the band like Maiden, who were just you know, the, the consummate professionals and master of the, the stagecraft and, and everything else. And, and like I say, we just learned so much about how to how to present ourselves, you know, how to have that attitude of, um, you know, confidence, I suppose, and really putting that out there and and, and not, letting, um, not letting that, that defeat us. And, and just, you know, it was really good for Matt, our singer at the time. Just, uh, you know, Bruce had a lot of uh, good, um, advice and feedback for him, you know, and just saying, you know, every time you, you perform, you need to just think about you, you know, you perform into the, to the person right at the back of the room. And, and if they, if they can't, you know, you need to make sure that they can understand everything you're saying clearly. And, um, and things like that, you know, just, just, just made us made us better. We've been on tour them two and a half months and, um, and uh, yeah definitely stood us in good stead for when we were able to go and and play bigger shows both with you know other bands and and festivals and, and then eventually ourselves so it, it was a big uh, big learning curve there. Oh, that's that's amazing yeah I
0: I, I I get i bet it was yeah not just the on stage craftsmanship but i bet you learned a lot about how to behave you know with <clears throat> you know with not getting in the way in the crew and just how to behave backstage i bet that was a good
1: taught you yeah Mm. Uh, a lot of people don't think about that because well it was that i mean it was it, yeah. was, it was how how we should behave just to, to you know when we're on tour with 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 other support you know supporting other bands but but not just that but they also taught us a lot about how you know the responsibility that we have as as a headliner when we take out a band and um yeah and how to treat them because i mean if if maiden can can look after a support band, you know, then then nobody's got any excuse, you know. If if Maiden, if Maiden can go out of their way to to make a make a support band feel comfortable, which 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 they did, I mean, they they were amazing. First night of the tour, we we, we went in, you know, we went in our, our dressing room, and um, I think I think pretty much to a man, they all, you know, at separate times, knocked on the door and came in and. Shook all our hands, you know, and welcome to the tour and, and everything else, and, and their the crew were great as well. And um, you know, there's there's one particular point in the in the middle of the tour when, um, well, this this was the thing when, when we got off with of the tour, Darren's uh, wife w- was pregnant at the time, and oh, wow. um, so how it what, how they worked it out, which it, which is which is quite, quite amazing, really, is that she was due to give birth um we had like two we were in europe and there was two days off in between and then that f- i think either the first or the second day off was the day she was due to, to give birth so 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 he fl- so darren flew home after this the one show from europe um you know attend got to the birth you know it all worked right. out and, and then flew back then to the tour the next day for the next show and um and then when he turned up then at the well, when we turned up at, the, at that particular show, we got in the dressing room and there was like three bottles of um, of champagne and and, and um, a card, you know, signed by all the all the Maiden guys. Wow. There, you know, and congratulations on, you know, the birth of your son and everything. And um, and then they came in just before we were about to play. I think, it, yeah, it was Adrian Smith came in and, and um, I said, you know, give Darren the congrats and everything. And I said, oh, because every, every night, Pretty much after the show, they would um, get in, in in a car each and and, and fly and fly back or, or go to the hotel or what, you know whatever it was. I said, oh, you know, we'll um we'll stick around tonight after the show if you you know want to come up and um and crack open those uh those bottles. You know, we we'll have, we we'll have, we'll have a few drinks upstairs. And so we did. You know, we watched the show and we we came back and didn't didn't put you know. He's like, ah, oh, you know, perhaps they might not be in the mood or whatever, or might be tired or whatever. So so we didn't really didn't push it you know we just stayed in our dressing room and, and sure enough you know knock on the door you know coming up you know coming up the dressing room and boys and so i think it was only um a couple of the other guys had, had gone somewhere so, so me and darren went up and we were um just drinking with um you know they, they were all there and and did the old handshakes but um it was uh, adrian and uh, and nico who's sort of drinking all night really you know mm-hmm. and, and talking about, just talking about um old times and and, and everything and uh T- them telling all these amazing stories and everything, so so yeah, it was great. And and, and then, like I say, every every day at at catering, there was no like um, segregated areas or anything. Or like you know, this time is maiden time and this time is it's like no, you know, everyone just turned up at the same time and, and sat down to to dinner and you know would sit on the same table or whatever. It's just really cool, man, and taught us a lot. Like I say, you know, off stage, on stage, everything really. So so that was that was a really big cool thing for us. Yeah, it sounds like they they really made it feel like a
0: nice family for you, which is that's awesome considering the size of the band. So that's
1: excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, it it, it was it was amazing, man. We had we had this thing then. It was about it was about a year after that, maybe a couple of years after that. Um, actually, saying it, it was probably about three or four years after that, um, where Maiden headline Red in Festival, and um, and we went and. Um, and uh, we we were we were we were side stage and um, watching the band before Maiden, Kamaburu was, but uh, Chris, a guitarist, was there with his brother Kerry. who's like a massive Maiden fan, and um, you know he had never met any of Maiden, but he's standing there and he can see, see Steve Harris coming over, and Chris's brother's like, oh man, it's Steve Harris, and then uh, and this is like years after, and uh, and then um, Steve Harris just just walks up and, and he's like, all right, Chris. Good, good, good show earlier, mate. He goes, "Oh, I love the new record," and his brother's just standing there, like, "I was like, what's, what's <laughs> like I said, it was years after, you know, and just remembering people's first names it's just really, really cool band." So yeah, no, I, love I can't that. say enough good stuff about made and I could talk all day. But no,
0: I know, <laughs> I know, yeah, I know you're a fan. That's awesome. So yeah, well, yes, you kind of mentioned. Obviously, you you've gone into management now. You left the band in 2012. Yes. How did you make that decision? To kind of actually uh, pack it in, and...
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, most of it was 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 being away so much, really, because um, because we were for, for for as long as I was in the band, really, because we, we would we would do a lot of stuff in America. Um, you know, we toured in America more than more than anywhere else. Oh, wow. um, we'd but then we'd go out there and we'd probably be there for around three months at, at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just. Um, We'd had my um me and my wife had uh, you know we'd obviously got married and we, we had a daughter and everything and um and those trips just started to get more and more difficult to to do really um especially you know walking out the door and knowing that you're not going to be back for three months and um and back it wasn't quite so easy back then with stuff like this you know with, with with zoom or FaceTime or anything else it was it was still kind of phone calls really um, yeah skype if you're lucky but the thing is you know when you're on tour you, you never really get the the internet to do that um so that, so that was the biggest thing to be honest you know not not being not being away f- for so long and um and i and i'd been i'd started managing back you know i suppose from about 2008 it it started out um which just man well i don't know if i'd even call it managing at the time it, it started off from a place where I've seen all these cool bands in, in in the south wales area and just wanted to help really yeah. you know, just wanted to be like show other people like all these cool bands and um as i say we used to take welsh bands on tour but i, I kind of wanted to go that that extra mile a little bit and um, and work with bands so so you know you, obviously you, you'll remember at the time you know i started working with um with, uh, with with straight lines at, yeah. at the time and um, and then you know with, with with Tyler's band then with the people the poet who were Tiger Please back Tiger then. Please, yeah. Yeah, and um Cuba Cuba. Cuba Cuba, yeah, who um, um I think it's a couple of them playing in in Tom Jenkins' band, don't they now? Yeah. Um, the
0: yeah, it's Leo um yeah.
1: It's, it's drumming.
0: Yeah. Um, and Danny's on the piano Dan- isn't he? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah. But so, so yeah. So at the time, you know, that that was, um, I'd, uh, I guess, had been learning a bit about management then and getting into it. And I, and I suppose I thought, because you know, I never was gonna not do anything musical related. I, I know I wouldn't have done that. I just wanted to do something in music. So I just thought, you know what? Well, let's just go full time into this. Really into into managing, and um, and that's that's what I've done ever since. Nice.
0: No, that's uh, cool. No, it must have been, I can understand totally why you decided to do that, you know, having a child and like, I, I've never even been away on tour anywhere near that long, like in one go. My, my dad used to go away for that kind of period.
1: Yeah, and sure. Obviously I used to miss him. So you and could was, see it from the other side. Yeah.
0: yeah, totally. So yeah, it was, it was tough because he, you know, he wasn't around that much. So totally, yeah. totally understand why he would have well, done that's that. It. Yeah. 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 So that's you, other- you obviously don't regret making that decision that was
1: obviously worse. no no <laughs> it was it was it was for the right reasons and um i see that the you know funeral went kept on going um a few years after that up until up until 2016 then um you know for, for what were the final shows then so you know that 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 was cool um you know that they they left her on a high it was cool to be able to go out and like perform with them you know i just did like you know a song just as a as a thing um, yeah and, yeah me and darren did that um so yeah i mean you know no it was um it's definitely the right thing for for me and um yeah my family at the times exactly so yeah no i mean and and, and the band went on you know still do cool things as well so um no it was was, was the right thing to do
0: yeah it's a win-win really so um what what have been your management highlights since you've been managing bands
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, well, this was the thing because I suppose that that was another part of of, of me leaving is is when you know we 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 had done cool things and we I'd all, I'd almost pretty much checked off my bucket list of of things I wanted to do. You know, like even those ridiculous, unattainable ones of touring with Iron Maiden, you know, or touring America or going to Japan or. Or, you know, having a gold record and things like that, you know, you tick them off, you know, having that magazine cover, blah, blah, blah. And you tick them off and then, you know, you'd done them and they they, 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 they were done. And um, I sort of missed that, you know, I sort of missed the little, the little things, the just all those milestones then that, that, that I could never have again. And um, and to be honest, you know, that that's the things that, that I've been most proud of with, honestly, every band I've worked with, you know, when you see that, their first ever, um, you know, their a magazine cover, or, or the fir- you know the first time that you know the week that their album's released, or the first time they sell out a show, or you know win it, win an award is, it's that every time over, you know, and, and that's and that's what what keeps me still so passionate about doing this is, is reliving those those um, those milestones with them, you know. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I feel. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's almost as, as fulfilling as, as when I did it for the first time, you know, the first time I got signed or the first time I saw the band, you know, saw Funeral for a Friend in a magazine or, or the first time hearing it on a radio or, or seeing the video on TV. I just get to have those moments now again and again and again, which yeah, is yeah. the best thing about what I do. So, I mean, you know, I get those type of moments, those, those proud moments. Um, on a regular basis, yeah. which is which is which is so fulfilling, really for you know, for me and um, and obviously for them too. Yeah, well, you must be doing something right if
0: you keep getting those moments over and over again. So that's a really good sign. So, who who are you managing right now?
1: Um, so yeah, so so I. I was when I, when i when I left um, for raw pine I was, I was there for, for quite a long time and um managing bands like that, bull of my Valentine and um, Tonight Live from Australia and some I was doing a lot of Asian and Japanese stuff which was my thing for a while uh, cross faith and yeah, um, yeah. and bands like that but um but yeah when i when I left um, so that was 2018 a similar sort of thing to when I left the band really is that I was working in in, in London um uh, for raw power management and um as work as i was there like sort of three or four days a week so so it was you know most of most of the week and then if there was if there was anything on the weekends you know such as a, a london gig or whether there was a, a festival across the weekend i'd be there too so you know sometimes i you know, there'd be months where i'd just be Again, gone same way as I, I used to be boring uh. really. So so we got to that again. So so what I wanted to do then is I was like, right, you know, I'm gonna come back home. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know start my own company, which is Future History Management, and um, I'm gonna do it from home. I'm gonna um, you know work with bands from the ground. You know, I'm gonna build this from the ground up. Essentially, um, so so the first bands that, that I had on the roster then was um, was holding absence then from you know a UK well Welsh band yeah. who, who who I had brought into Raw Power at the time. But um, well, when I left, you know they, they they came with me then, so so, so that was cool. Um, a band then called um, called Sleep Token, then which who who are doing really good things now. Um, we signed them to to, to Universal, and um, they've been doing a lot, a lot of stuff in in, in in America as well, which which is really cool. Um, wow. So that, that, that's got a good head of steam That's, that's something different. Uh, Loathe, then um, you know, heavier band who they released their second album back in February, and people are, are really really digging that. Um, it, I think they, they've ended up in m- most, if not all, of the uh, rock magazines like Top um albums of 2020 so far which which, oh, wow. which, has been, which has been really cool um and then a band from bristol then called called fox jaw who um just released their debut album on friday just, just, yeah, yeah. just on actually which um are people are really taking notice of that now which is cool they're, they're a great band you know the really original sounding band it's almost they, they get so many comparisons but to all different people i think the most common ones are like sort of a mix between early biffy system of a down and like Soundgarden and oh, stuff nice. like, which is you know it's uh they they, they they put their own spin on things um so so that's really cool so that's really cool um and yeah one of the other things i'm working on then is um when um when moose left bullet for valentine um he, he he had a couple of years out because you know he left um to have a kid and everything yeah. else. Um, so he's put a, a new band together then called Killer Lights. So we just signed to the Fearless Records. They were meant to play their first shows last month. Um, yeah. The first proper show would have been Download Festival, and they wow. had a, they, they a warm up show at um, Bridgend, which is where Moose is from, um, so, you know, where Bullet from, where where I live. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, they're they're doing their thing there. Um, so their debut album is can I even say that? It's coming up next month. Yeah, I can. I just have. So. Yeah. Okay. You <laughs> yeah. hear first. Oh, cool. Noticing that, and um, and yeah, you just just got. Um, I've I've got people. Then, um, a couple of you know good good uh, people working with me. Um, sort of building up some some newer younger bands as well. Um, I got Sean Sean Smith then from the Blackout is um, is um doing doing some managerial stuff with me with um with with, with Junior then a band from Cardiff who. Nice. Uh, Released their debut album um, last summer, and one of the guys in their wrestles for the, the WWE, uh, which, yeah, is, which is quite fun, which is uh, my, my love of those two things. And, um, and yeah, we got really, really cool uh, working on a, a debut record for a really cool band from Newport, then called The Nightmares, who um, used this really cool uh, goth, uh, gothy sort of pop thing where uh one, one of the guys was in um a band sharks a while back were cool one of the guys is in save your breath and, and the best stars but it's um really re- yeah really cool um thing that we're working on there so hopefully we'll be hearing more about those guys next year
0: yeah like well, all the bands you mentioned i definitely have heard of or listened to at some point um hmm. fox, F- fox drive actually downloaded the new album on spotify but i haven't had a chance to listen to it but um
1: i think you'll dig it man i think it will be up your street yeah. yeah it
0: does sound like especially the sound garden because they were a band i i, I discovered sound garden like 20 years too late <laughs> and then they were like my favorite band for a couple of years so um, yeah well they, they, my,
1: they, <laughs> how it the comparisons to different things you you, you can't yeah. pin it down to it yeah they're, they're very um they're very eclectic but I, I, um i like yeah, bands so- like that
0: that's that's I think when you when you find a band that you can't directly compare
1: them to one band, I think that's normally what makes them unique. So, exactly, yeah, exactly, and it's it's very much their record. So, I mean, people are people seem to be enjoying it so far. Um, so, yeah, they're they're doing their their first ever UK headline tour next next February. So that's going to be awesome. Well, hopefully, anyway. I mean, <laughs> well, exactly. Hopefully, I think everyone's we'll,
0: hoping. We, we will, we will see. We will see. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll check it out tonight. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what do you think, man? yeah I will do um yeah so you you mentioned kind of funeral for a friend called it a day after you'd left, like a few years yeah. after um and then obviously last year when one, one of your biggest fans big stew um fell ill, and yeah. could you tell us about what the band did for for him and his family
1: yeah yeah, well um you know, Big Stew It was basically uh, well the reason he was called Big Stu. He's is he very very tall. I'm not sure what his official height was, but I mean he was one of those people who just towered over everybody. And um, especially for me, being a drummer, every time if he was in the crowd, I would see him because he yeah. would just be you know that uh, that level above above everyone else. But um, you know, aside from being being that guy and, and always being in the crowd, he was um, he was. Um, well, one of the biggest. Um, well, I, you know, we call we call him our, our biggest fan, basically. You know, as a sort of, um, in just for him being his size and through what he did for us, really, which was um, way back in the day when we were starting out, before there was MySpace or before you know certainly before there was Twitter or Facebook or anything else, the people would have forums. You know, you'd have your you'd have your online forums for those who remember those and um, and Stu. Um, made the first ever Funeral For A Friend fan forum uh, for people to go, you know, and go on and talk about the band. And, um, you know, he went out of his way to, um, like buy the first website for us really, you know, he, um, he he went out and spent money and time making uh, a website for us, you know, with the forum on there and he would update that himself and, um, spread the word, um, and get other people into us and um and he, you know he would continue to do that all throughout the time that the band was going and, and not just that then he would organize um like the first time we would go somewhere uh with the band i mean i mean the first time we would tour somewhere you know the first time we would tour um when we toured america you know he, he, he um got together like a, a group of people from the forum to organize the trip for them to like Come out to a show in the states to support us. Um, you know, he came to. I'm pretty sure he came to Australia one time. You know, and um, he, took, he he would turn up randomly. I mean, it goes without saying in the UK, he'd always pop his head up. But um, you know, he'd, he'd come out to Europe and, and pop up in some random European city and, and everything else. You know, so so he did. He did a lot for us. Um, he, did, he, did, he did so much for us, and then. And obviously we, we broke up in 2016 and he he was at the last shows and, and everything there but um, but then yeah in um, in early early um, last year then he, he, he he'd been ill anyway he he'd had, he, he'd had some heart issues that, that he'd overcome but um, but then yeah last year then he, um, he he'd fallen ill again then and um, and he had been diagnosed then with terminal cancer at um, you know at the age of 35 or 30 I think thirty-five at the time. Um and he's he's got three young kids, you know. He's got um three three young sons. One of them is like an infant and um his oldest one, I think, just turned thirteen and there's one like about eight or nine. Um around those ages anyway. But uh, but yeah, you know, that that came through and it was like, damn. Um, you know, his firstly having the cancer. Um so so we we started talking, you know I think I picked up the phone to Chris. I said, oh, you know, have you got any old memorabilia and stuff um, that we can sell maybe to, make, you know, make some money, raffle off and, and, and try to help help out that way a little bit. And um, and then, you know, uh, it was probably only a couple of, we, we had that conversation. So, said, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll rummage through, we'll get some stuff together, um, which we did. You know, we had a look and see what we had. But a couple of days after then, he posted up another update saying, you know, oh, well, it's, um I mean, I was being terminal, you know, I've been given like less than a year to, to live. In. So, you know, so it was obviously we spoke again. It was like, ah, oh, you know, man, I mean, there's probably, the, you know, we can, we can do a raffle. We can get some stuff together and raffle it off. But, but the way to really, you know, if we really wanted to make some money, we'd be doing, you know, doing like a charity show uh, for Stu. Um, so you know, obviously spoke to all, all the other guys and they they were on board straight away. And it's like, yeah, let's do it, let's cool. do it. Um, and then we spoke to Johnny Phillips. I know I mentioned earlier was the original drummer it was at SGM as a promoter, and he said, you know, yeah, we'll come on board, and um, you know, SGM will um, put these shows on, and um, you know, we won't take anything for it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll put everything back in as well. Um, so which which turned out, we you know, we we were gonna. I think uh it was originally gonna be we'll do one show in in Cardiff and um and then we were looking at doing one show in Nottingham then, which is which is where Stu was from, you know, which is where where Stu was living. But um as it turned out we couldn't get any availability for 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 Nottingham. And um was like, all right, we'll do we'll do one Cardiff show and we'll do one London show then. Um we obviously didn't know how many people would want to come, so we put like a globe. On sale uh, in Cardiff, which is about three, you know, three fifty, max uh, capacity, and then put on um, a London show. Then a-, a Shepherds Bush Empire, which is like, I don't know, what was it, two thousand? And that was, yeah. So that was going to be that anyway. But. Um, actually, no, was that even the London show? Maybe it was somewhere smaller, but, um, but yeah, we put those on sale anyway, and, um, they like literally sold out in seconds. So we upgraded the globe then to the uni and then that sold out in seconds. So we like, right, we'll add another two uni shows. So then they sold out and then we, and then I can't remember where, where was the London show, but we upgraded that anyway, um, to the London show. So anyway, yeah, so we, so we, we did those three shows and, um, Obviously, a lot, of, a lot of people came there uh, to those three shows and r- raised a lot of money there, and um, not just through that, but through the merchandise as well. And um, a lot of people who couldn't be there then either bought merchandise online or they uh, uh, contributed to the to the to the the GoFundMe or yeah, um, yeah, to, to the charity um, fund. Which uh, so so yeah, so you know, th- obviously, it was a awful thing for the for the family to to go through. You know, uh, yeah. You know his um his whole family you know especially his his sons but um but thankfully between between us and between um you know the fans and, and s j m and and everyone else we managed to to make uh you know a nice amount of money for the for the um for the boys you know for the for, for the three sons so, yeah. so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have that as a sort of um you know nest egg. because that that was one of Stu's things she was um He'd been ill for, like I said, he had issues with his heart before that. So he'd been ill and off work for, for, for a long time. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with him, like you know, probably about a week before he died, you know, and he, and he was like, I didn't, I, I had nothing to, to pass on to my boys. Like, you know, I had nothing yeah, to, right. to pass on to the kids at all. Um, I think he is literally said, you know, all I've got is like an expo. This is, has been such a massive thing that I can, I know my boys are going to be all right, really, which is, which is why we, you know, which is what we wanted him yeah. to have you know, that. Um, I don't know that, that peace, you know, that um, just to know that they'd be looked after. So, so, you know, he really appreciated that. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, so, the, so it was great to be, to be able to do that. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess if you want to, you asked me earlier what, you know, what our proudest moment was, uh, it'd be that yeah and um, really so no totally that's it was such an amazing gesture really um
0: i've never really heard of anything done to such a scale before for, for you know one of your fans so, or of any band so that's amazing so
1: well yeah Congrats. i mean and and um and i uh, you know as as i was talking to Stu after we'd announced it and everything um and he was you know oh you know thanks for doing this and i was like you know look man you know it's um it's you've also given something to us as as well really the the fact that that we get to go out and do these shows because it would have never happened we'd have never played again if it wasn't for that yeah. um you know you, you've sort of you've brought us back together you've you've brought a lot of people back together um you know in the crowd and um all those old friends you know there, there were so many old friends who hadn't seen each other in years um get him back together to come to these shows and everything like that and i said to you know as like you know i said to him you've um, inadvertently done a lot for me because my daughter hadn't seen me play until <clears throat> since you know since she was a baby really you know a little kid um, and my son had never seen me play so for them to be able to to have that as well you know for me yeah. to be able to, to play and for, and for them to see you know what dad used to do was uh yeah was, was really cool as well so you know so you know i said that to him you know and um and it, it was just nice that we had that like reciprocal thing i was like you know like we've done something for you you've done something for us so let's uh we'll call it even
0: yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah That's it's a very good point man um obviously your, your kids can see you again next year Yes. Yeah. you've just you've literally just announced uh is it, well I'm assuming it's a one-off tour. I don't know. Do you want to? It is.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, we were, um, when we, so when we did those three shows last year, you know, it was, um, cause Matt, our singer lives, lives in Germany. Um, so obviously it was a big thing for him to, to come, you know, fly back over here and, um, rehearse. Cause he, he said himself, you know, I haven't, I haven't sung in about three years. Um, <laughs> So, 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 you know, fair play to everyone for for getting back and um, getting back into the swing of things and learning everything and, and coming for the rehearsals. But he was like, you know, he's, he's like, you boys understand now this is this is just going to be this. And I, I mean, we were all cool with it. He was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It was fine. Because um, to be honest, we didn't know how the shows were going to go. Um, you know, we hadn't played together in so long. Uh, I hadn't played a gig in. I mean, eight years, something like that, you know, I had played a gig in so long and hadn't been playing drums regularly either, really. So it could, it could have been a mess. And and it turned out it, we we hadn't even rehearsed together until like 10 days before the shows wow. because of, Matt had to come over and everyone, you know, some, some people had to get time off work. It, we had to, yeah. you know, we couldn't just get together like that. Um, but it came together really quick. Um, we, 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 were, we were pretty surprised, really, and, uh, and pleased that we, we'd, um, we'd come together. It's like, ah, this actually sounds all right. I was like, oh, it's not bad. Yeah. And, and we had we'd booked, you know, we, we'd uh, we'd we'd aid on this on the side of caution. We booked like a week's worth of rehearsals, and uh, I think, you know, by by the third day, at the end of the third day, it was like. You know, we were booked in till whatever the place closes at eight or whatever, and we were. It was about four o'clock, and we were just like, i will just go for a beer. It's sounding fine." <laughs> <laughs> <Good> <laughs> class. And, and yeah, you know, we 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 pop in. We 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 pop in then for the rest of that week that we had booked, and we'd we'd go in for a, a couple of hours, maybe. You know, um, and uh, you know, we'd play through the set once or twice, and yeah. then just talk for the rest of it. Really. Um, nice so it's like yeah this came together a lot better than we thought we would and then the shows went really good as well and uh, we you know we loved the shows they they went just as good as they could have gone really you know they couldn't have, they couldn't have gone better and um and we all you know after after the third show we were like you know that's it that's fine that was brilliant wow and then literally then on the on the day after we um those of us who lived in in wales i mean me gav Rich, um, Darren, because Chris lives in in London. We were um, we were in the van then on the, on the way home, and, um, and my phone uh, went, and it was uh, it was it was Andy coppin from from uh, from Live Nation, from the promoter of Download, and um, I was like, ah, I think I know what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, so he's like, oh you know, I I heard, uh, heard last night it was amazing. Sorry I couldn't be there. I was like, yeah, no, it was great, man. it's great. And he's like. Look, I know it was like a one-off, but, you know, what do you guys think about um, you know, headlining the uh, the Avalanche stage at Download next year? I was like, oh. Well, and, I, and I was still on a real high from the night before this. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll speak to the guys now. I mean, oh, yeah, I'll see what they say. And I, obviously everyone's in the van with me, you know, sort of uh, eavesdropping on my conversation. And um, I put the phone and they were like, who's that? I was like, "Guys, oh, Andy Copin from Download." And he's like, oh, "All right." And he's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah." So he wants us to to play next year. And God was like, "Fuck, I, I'll play." <laughs> <laughs> and all the boys were like, "Yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, good. yeah." I wouldn't mind. Like, it's was good to win any of these shows. I mean, like, yeah. I was like, "Let me ask." I, I was like, "Let me ask Chris first because because Matt was on a plane at that time because he right. had flown back to Germany, so he, he was literally in midair." I was like, "I'll see what Chris thinks now." Chris was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And um and then so it was all sort of down to Matt then. Um to be honest, that I think most of us thought, I'm ah, probably not gonna do it, you know, because he's he said that he didn't, you know, didn't want to do another one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and he's and and in fairness, he was like, Well, you might have to give me a week or two because I got like things at home I need to sort. Um, because he's living in Germany and um, you know, his wife's German. And he's gotta do uh like a cultural integration course you know he's got to do like a um um you know go learn obviously learn german, german. to a standard and, and german history and stuff like that so 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 he had that like um book a sort of a semester of that booked in uh so he had to work that out but uh, but yeah he, he was down for doing it so and then obviously we were so, so that was meant to be last month we were meant to be doing download um so as soon as it was apparent that it wasn't going to happen um we were like oh well we were really looking forward to that. You know, it was a real, it was a real let then we were like, ah, should so we just do a tour? You know, do it. so we were gonna do that. We we're gonna do that tour then this year, like November or something like that. Oh, right, okay. Originally, that's what we were gonna do because it's like, you know, we haven't done down road, so <clears throat> we'll do this tour in November. But um, as we started to realise that that was unrealistic, then we we're like, all oh, right, well, put that, um, put that to next year then. Um, so yeah, so that, so that's. That's uh that's what we did. So yeah, we we're on uh on tour next next April doing um going around the UK uh a little bit and yeah, tickets on sale Friday. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing how that goes. I'm
0: excited. Oh, awesome. So yeah, so by the time this <laughs> goes out, they'll all be already be out. So um hmm. whether there'll be any left, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Possib- yeah, possibly possibly we'll- not, but you never know.
1: Well, they might have to make us start adding shows again. I don't know. Yeah, upgrade it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So is it, I don't know whether you can, is there any chance of download next year? Or is that, is that something?
1: I don't know at this point. Um, I mean, I assume so at the moment because it's, um, you know, they've announced the new dates um, and it's on sale and everything. Um, So they've obviously, I I would, you know, yeah, they'd have definitely done their, their, their due diligence, you know, their research, and, and and how the timelines look in, and the the safety procedures that they might have to put in place, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I mean, as far as I know at the moment, download um 2021 yeah. looks, looks to be, looks to be going ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, but what I mean, we don't know if they're going to book you for that for next year, or
1: um, yeah, not 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 quite no. not quite sure what the. No. I mean, I, I suppose they're in a they're in a bit of a, a strange situation at the moment where, yeah. I'm sure they wanna keep um you know stuff that was meant to play this year, but then obviously there's there's different bands then on cycle next year yeah yeah so it's it's a bit like trying to trying to find that middle ground i suppose um so so I guess that's where that's where they're at at the minute, yeah,
0: so, yeah, so totally I think a lot of the festivals are obviously trying <laughs> to trying to rebook as many of the bands as they can. But obviously, they, some bands have already made other commitments for next year. You know, with like you said,
1: yeah, touring yeah.
0: cycles happen, don't they?
1: <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there was, you know, when they were putting together the bill for Download 2020, they had people they probably asked to weren't available. Um, yeah, because they were, you know, writing an album. And but those bands maybe probably will be available next year. You know, for next year yeah. one one. And want to do it and have an album, out. so so I suppose you know for the um, for Andy and his um, and his team is probably a bit of a, a bit of a juggling act to go yeah. trying, to, trying to work that all out. So um, so yeah, yeah we'll have to see. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. wouldn't want to be trying to
0: organise a festival <laughs> no. right now. But That's the, a logistical headache. You know? Yeah, totally.
1: Drum for the song podcast.
0: Well, um, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. Like I mentioned in the introduction, this interview will be split into two episodes. So the second half of this interview will be in episode three. So uh, hopefully you can stick around for that. In the next episode, we'll talk more about Ryan's drums and the companies that he uses. We'll talk about uh, some of his side projects, which are very interesting. Ryan will also talk about how he started playing the drums. He'll also have some tips and advice for drummers out there in regards to songwriting and writing drum parts. He also talks about some funny touring stories involving Rolf Harris, his favourite country to tour. We also talk about wrestling and video games. And of course, he'll also tell us about who would be in his dream band with himself on drums. So thanks again for listening, guys. Don't forget, you can follow me on social media at Drum for the Song on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, you can search Dane Campbell Drummer. And I've also got an official Drum for the Song Facebook group, so you can search for that. If you've really enjoyed these podcasts and think you'll enjoy more, you can also support me on Patreon where there'll be separate tiers for some exclusive bonuses from as little as £3 a month. And wherever you're listening, don't forget to subscribe. If you can leave a review or comment, that would be great too. And leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That would be really appreciated as it helps me in the search results. So until next time, take it easy and don't forget to drum for the song.